If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is Kaylin Ellsbury. Now, Kaylin's a very phenomenal and amazing woman and entrepreneur. I'm not going to go too much into her bio because, I mean, by the time you listen to this episode, you actually know who Kaylin is and what she's all about. But I'll just give you a brief taste of who Kaylin is. She's an international best-selling author of the book, I Am Blank, The Untold Story of Success. She's been featured in... Um, many other successful podcasts. She's also been on the US Nightly News with Lester Holt. She's an entrepreneur whose attitude and passion for life is self-evident in everything she does. She's the founder of the IamSeriesPro.com. Um, she, well, she was born with, um, well, I say one of those life-challenging diseases, which is um, cystic fibrosis. But she didn't let her situation, you know, stop her. Regardless of the fact that, you know, it's a disease that, you know, requires you to be hospitalized many times during the year. I mean, um, without warning and due to no fault of your own. But she still said, you know, regardless of, you know, um, the condition. I, I think when she was born, she was given forty to life expectancy of 40 yeah. years. But she's about 29 or 30 now. Right, Kaylin? That's right. Just turned 30. Exactly. So, and she's still kicking. It just shows you that, you know, what, whatever people tell you, that's, um, you don't have to take what you're, what you, what condition you find yourself as, um, a life sentence. You can always change it. I can always break it. And Kaylin is one of those remarkable people out there that teaches the world that, you know, nothing is impossible when you put your mind and your heart and your soul into what you're doing. So Kaylin, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming aboard to share your story. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. Even in the couple moments we had backstage, uh, you you crack me up. I'm excited. <laughs> Great. So, Kaylin, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. You know, how you got started in, well, tell us a little bit about your background before we dive into business and dive into your outlook on life. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, really, the, the recruiting is where my first business comes in, let's call it that. And uh, it's funny. So when you live with something called cystic fibrosis, you cough a lot and you're hospitalized a lot. Like in every job I've ever had, I get fired from, um, usually between hospitalizations two through six, uh, they always have a good reason for firing me. But I mean, yeah. when you need six months a year off to uh, go to the hospital, it's not really conducive yeah. to the employer. Right. So I would always take a good letter of recommendation and negotiate myself into a higher paying position. Mm. And I realized one day that uh, by studying interviewing and teaching myself how to interview, I could kind of land whatever job I wanted to, okay. um, you know, for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oopsies. And so um, I, I discovered recruiting was an actual profession um, about 10 years ago. And uh, when my health started taking a turn for the worst, I also discovered that the recruiting company I needed to work for didn't exist. I needed somebody 
who could tolerate my IV poles in the office, who could tolerate yeah. me working from a hospital bed, who understood that sometimes I have to pause the line to cough. And I realized, you know, that company doesn't exist, so mm -hmm. I kind of have to create it. Yeah. And that's how that all came about is we teach recruiters how to recruit better. Um, same thing for HR managers. And then we physically do the recruiting for the companies that need the help in actually finding the talent. So it's it's multi-different facets, if you will, and every day is different in this industry. And then I started writing a book and became a bestseller. So now I do the speaking on the side as well. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. So I know you said um, recruiting is your passion, but when you're in a situation with like a company or a client and, you know, I'm sure you're not the only person. There are many other people out there around the world with with um, diseases and illnesses that kind of hospitalize them more than more than um, the average um, that time that you're given in a, a company, so to speak. So do you train companies to kind of like be aware of this and figure out ways to work with people who, through no fault of their own, find themselves hospitalized more often than the average person would? No, I don't really train companies in, in that regard, but okay. I do train them how to avoid accidentally hiring somebody who's not going to show up much. Okay. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with health. Um, mm. You know, we're more on the recruiting side, not the yeah. HR side. So let's okay. say you need a, a salesperson, right? Yeah. I'm going to teach you how to find the right salesperson to grow your business, not just somebody who says they're good at sales, says they're good at quotas, has a proven track record of performance, because they all do. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're going to show you what that actually means as it relates to what you're trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. and then facilitate the match. And if you don't want us to facilitate the match, you just want the training, or you want to train your HR staff, or your recruiters on how to do it more efficiently, we do that. Okay. Okay, no, that makes sense. That clears a lot of things up. Now, you talked about being able to find any job and actually get any job you want. And this podcast is directed to people more, you know, early to mid-career, still trying to figure out what they want to do with life, especially as millennials like you and I, where we're told that millennials will change jobs millions of times before they get satisfied. So let's talk a little bit to the person listening to the show in terms of what do they need to do and how do they need to approach getting the job they want, whether it comes to preparing for interviews, targeting what companies they are interested in or also even um, crafting the right resume that will speak to the right job that they want? What a powerful question. Um, and I actually just posted a rant on this on LinkedIn about an hour ago. Okay. Um, so if anybody listening has questions, just reach out on LinkedIn too. But um, first of all, millennials, we change jobs. Get this. The statistic I last read was every 18 months. Yeah. 18 months. Um, and you know what? We should. You know why? Because we're in a situation where we've got side hustle economies. So mm -hmm. what that means is we could work for Uber. We could work for Lyft. We can make money through multiple revenue streams. And if there is an employer that is not looking to give us that feeling of success and significance, mm -hmm. we don't have to work for you. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's empowering. But here's the thing. When there's a company you want to work for, your past can creep up on you if you've been switching every 18 months and they're more traditional. So one thing I really recommend, 
do not just reach out to HR people and recruiters and say, I need a job. Mm. What I want you to do, and this is there's a huge rant on this on LinkedIn right now. What I want you to do, first of all, if you don't have a LinkedIn, you're already behind the curve. So get one, get it up to 500 connections for the types of companies you want. Yeah. Um, reach out to the HR managers, connect with them, engage, because when you need a relationship, it's too late to build one. Yeah. And when you reach out, let's say I want to work for, um, oh, great. Let's say you want to work for me at Landmark Makers, okay? Mm -hmm. If you reach out to me on LinkedIn, you say, hey, I need a job. I like sales and your company's selling. It's, it's never going to happen. I deleted you already. Yeah. But you don't even need a resume to reach out to me and get my attention. You need to say, Hey, I've been following you on your website at landmarkmakers.com. I realized that you're really about the education and the training. I have a year uh, college internship studying training programs, and I did, you know, like three weeks experience on summer break helping my dad's company and working with business to businesses. I look forward to bringing you creative strategies and learning from you. What are your thoughts on having a 10-minute talk so I can learn more about your company? Mm. I will answer every single one of those emails. In fact, all of my employees have come from emails similar to that. Okay. Because if you have the ability to research my company, figure out maybe what I might be looking for, mm -hmm. and then reach out and show me how you fit that so I don't have to do all of that background work, mm -hmm. I have a feeling you're going to do that for my clients, for my customers, for my colleagues. And immediately, you're the type of person I want to surround myself with. Yeah. So if you're reaching out saying, I want a job, you're not going to get one with us. Mm. So basically, you kind of have to lead with giving first and making it easy for the person to want to actually talk to you in terms of yes. doing the research, figuring out what the person wants, and then also being, what would I call it? Um, I want to say, the word I want to use is... Um, like a chameleon, so to speak, you know, you match, yeah. you match what the person already is to what you are. And then, you know, you get a shared perspective, you get a common ground and then you continue the conversation. Yeah. And I mean, we're millennials, right? So how many times a day do we have to hear that somebody thinks we're entitled? Yeah. Every day, right? Yeah, how many they, times do you get that? All the time. People the think day. we're entitled. Prove to us that you're not entitled and you have value and you are so far above the curve. Companies will be jumping to hire you. Mm. Love that. Love that. Now, on the other side, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make when looking for a job? I know you just mentioned the first one, but give us like maybe two, three more. Yeah. Um, applying everywhere. I, I absolutely, if I'm a, if I'm a recruiter, okay. And I'm on the phone with you and I ask, where have you all applied? And you tell me, um, Apple, Facebook, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, media company, um, Tony Robbins media company. You've also applied to Uber um, in their marketing department, et cetera. And you've got like 10 jobs you've applied to and you're applying to little old landmark makers. Mm -hmm. Your story does not make sense. Yeah, There is something hidden there. Mm. Also, I don't necessarily want to work with somebody. It's like, okay, work with me on this statement. Mm -hmm. You're at a bar, okay? Bar, church, whatever it is. And you see somebody that's kind of attractive. You want to get to know them, right? Yeah. You could walk up and say, hey, you know, check this out. Like, I'm this amazing person. You should really get to know me. But you're probably going to get rejected. Whereas if you have a friend come over and advocate for you and say, hey, you need to meet my friend. They're really incredible. They believe in principles X, Y, Z. 
you're probably going to have a better chance of attracting that stranger. Mm. Now, if 12 of your friends go over to the person you find attractive and say the same thing, you look desperate. So here's what's happened when you're being recruited. If you're applying to 12 other companies, you look desperate. Mm -hmm. Because you've got 12 different recruiters reaching out and advocating for you. You're not a hot commodity. You're desperate. Mm. And that makes me immediately think there's a red flag or something wrong with you that you're in a situation, maybe you've been unemployed for a while because you have no real tangible skills. Maybe you're running from a job. We don't know, but it's not in our best interest to continue. Yeah. Also, if you're sitting there and you're just blasting out your resume to multiple companies, and I go to share like your resume, let's say you blast out your resume to um, roses.com or something like that. I'm, I'm making stuff up right now. But let's say you blasted your resume to roses.com, and I ask you, where all have you applied? And you tell me three companies and you don't list roses.com, but they're a client of mine. And Mm -hmm. then I reach out and I'm like, look at this amazing person I found. And they're like, oh yeah, they applied last week. I now look bad for representing you Mm. and I can't trust you. Mm. So you're probably never going to get placed with me after a situation like that. Mm. Lots of things to think about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there's, (laughs) there's even a harm in being over proactive exactly because it's it's not this and i'm my my training program is called the proactive pipeline so mm-hmm. i'm the biggest fan of proactivity mm-hmm. but not mindless blast yeah and as a millennial we're really great with automation technology so if i want to connect with 100 people on linkedin i can do that within an hour and a half mm-hmm. right i'm not going to do that with my resume because it taints my brand you know, there's only so many companies that my specific skill set will fit. Yeah. So be proactive, be targeted, be calculated, but with value, mm-hmm. not spamming them your resume. That's that difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny how even as we are right in the early stages of 2018, that people still don't think you have to leave with value first. Like even on LinkedIn, like you just mentioned, I too get emails saying, oh, you know, without any um, relationship building, you know, foreplay, so to speak, they'll come and say, hey, we're XYZ company and we want to sell you, you know, some mortgage um, application software. And I'm like, there's nothing on my profile that talks about mortgages or fintech or anything. So what do you want me to do here? Right, right. And first of all, don't I kind of don't like them anymore. Like, I I have now, okay, I'm, I'm really, people are going to think I'm the rudest person. And for some people, I probably am. But like, if you spam me now, I'm reporting you. Like, I go out of my way. And I actually give one of my staffers something to, like, you can either hit like that, they spammed you, subscribe, you can report it. I literally have somebody on my staff who spends an hour a day reporting spammers. Wow. Like, and, and you should, you know, like I have um, over a hundred thousand followers um, on just a couple of platforms. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. we've got massive email lists, but we have them through value. Hmm. And so it is a waste of my time to check five spam messages every hour. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm over it. And I would like to imagine that most of the recruiters and the HR managers that people are reaching out to for jobs, they're over it too. Yeah. That's that's interesting. All I right. might have a few opinions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, we've talked about you know the worst thing to do and the best thing to do. All right, so it's a new year, and um, 
you know, people are starting to map out their year, plan out their year, and figure out, you know, what do they want to do with their career? What do they want to achieve this year? I know in a lot of companies, they have their personal goal setting that um, the company kind of says, oh, this is what you must do for every financial year. But in terms of your own personal um, career growth trajectory, your career planning map, for example, at the beginning of the year, what should someone in the middle of the career be thinking about for the next step? What should someone in the middle of their career be thinking about for the next step? Yes, as the year is just beginning. Wow, look at you on fire over there. Um, I don't know if I've ever been stumped on a live show. Um, <laughs> let me think. So what should you be thinking of as the next step? Um, I'm going to go back to when you need a relationship, it's too late to build one. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean work, but it can. But it also includes taking a whole balance approach to life. Okay. So if you, I'm a big fan of coaches. I'm a big fan of mentors. Mm. Um, not a big fan of asking, you know, will you be my mentor? Like that, yeah. that never works. That's like yeah. a cold call, right? Yeah. Um, but associate with people you want to be like because there's, there's a chance. Like, okay, so Tony Robbins talked about this. And I read the book, I don't know, like a month ago. So I've been hawing on the idea ever since but basically like we model people right which, so, which book is that uh, unshakable um no it was a really old one it okay. was um unlimited power okay, like one okay, of his okay. first books ever written but i like okay. going back and finding out where he was yeah you know like years before he became super famous right yes, yes. um but like it talks a lot about the power of modeling and mm -hmm. this just it got my core so, for example, I, I've got like 65% lung function on a good day. Good day, 65%. Mm. So that means I can walk across the living room in the kitchen um, and only cough once, okay? Yeah. Now, that being said, I don't want to follow the trajectory that is a cystic fibrosis life, which means that I will pretty much be dying soon because my lungs can't keep up with my body. Mm. I want to model athletes. Well, what do athletes do? Seems like every athlete I know is involved in some kind of a triathlon. Yeah. Guess what I signed up for in May? Triathlon. Oh, yeah. Oh, mini yeah. tri, mini tri. Let's not get too excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, a mini triathlon. Okay. Because if I follow what other people are doing to stay healthy mm -hmm. and I copy their diets, I am going to shorten the learning curve for myself but lengthen my lifespan. So, mm. what you should be doing at all times is modeling those you want to be like, whether that's health, mm -hmm. whether that's fitness, whether that's career, mm -hmm. whether that's relationships. So if you really want a happy marriage, associate with people who have amazing happy marriages. Yeah. Um, and then build those relationships consistently. And side, side hack, it's pathetic, but true. In my calendar, I record people's birthdays and facts about somebody. So if you and I are having a call and you admit to me that your favorite food is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, you better believe that I have a note and a program to go off approximately a month ago mm -hmm. to message you to say, hey, have you had your Reese's fixed yet? <laughs> you know, and it's just like a fun little thing I do until that relationship is built. Yeah. Um, so it goes, 
yeah, that's how I'm going to answer your question that caught me off guard right there. <laughs> nice, nice. I love that. So did, is that where, I know, I know I, one of the things I read about you or I listened to about you was that you are also a personal trainer. So is that where that philosophy came from, that you kind of had to model some of the best activities you saw? And that meant, you know, being your own personal trainer and working out and doing basically being more athletic than someone in your kind of um, condition would actually be scared to do? Yeah, so I, I did let my training license lapse. Okay. Um, go me. But let me tell you why. So I became a trainer when my lung function was approximately 38%. Okay. Um, because I went to the gym and I got my own trainer and... Great guy, super ripped, very handsome. We all know the type. The ladies listening are like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he had me work out and do all of these things in the man section of the gym. And we know what I'm talking about right now. It's that point where all the muscle heads are. It's intimidating. Women wear tight things. I felt like they were staring at me, uncomfortable. And I'm coughing the whole time, so it looks like I have the plague. So I was like, forget this. I'm over it. I want to just become a trainer so I know what I'm doing in the gym long enough to have confidence. Yeah. And that teaching myself how to be a trainer was where that inspiration came from. And then I realized that I'm only going to be as strong as I let my body be. So I'm not telling you as, you know, a, a guest on the show to your listeners, I'm not saying like you should run or you should compete in triathlons. That's not the point. Yeah. If you're physically uncapable or your doctors are saying you should not exercise for a while but you can walk four minutes a day mm-hmm. walk four minutes a day yeah. maybe walk four minutes one second like be the best you that you can possibly be in that situation mm-hmm. and you'll be surprised just how it equates to you mentally and when I wrote my book one of the things one of the core habits I discovered from successful and famous entrepreneurs is they all take care of their body to take care of their minds to take care of their business. It's a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Body, mind, business. True. There's another book in there. (laughs) That's right. I've got it. I have three publishing this year, so uh, maybe now we're looking at 2019. Body, mind, business. We're on to something. Go us. Nice. So, so I, I guess so. This will segue into the uh, the book "I Am Blank: The Untold Story of Success." So, what, what's the premise of the book for those that haven't read it or listened to it? Yeah, what's the premise of the book? And I know you interview like a lot of um, um, entrepreneurs to get their take on it. I see J.V. Crum is here, Mr. Spaniolo, and a bunch of other cool people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, really? So the book, I, I wrote it in the hospital. I had nothing better going for me. Oh. <laughs> There's only like four TV channels to watch. Yeah. And I got on LinkedIn because, you know, I keep dropping that everybody should be on it. And I reached out to all these famous people and that they gave me hope, whether it was books of theirs I read or just word of mouth. And I reached out to them. And I really wanted to learn what it was like to be an entrepreneur during your dark, darkest days. So there was yeah. a guy who could afford his light bill mm-hmm. or his payroll. He had to make that decision. And he did not pay his own so he could pay his employees. And, like, that's the stuff that nobody talks about in business, right? Mm. Like, we say, oh, we had hard times. But, like, do we really? You know, like, let's take the veil off of this crap that we see on social media about how everything's perfect. Yeah. And I got inside those minds. And some of the gripping interviews were with, like, Boomer Esiason, Sharon Lecter, the co-founder of Netflix. Mm-hmm. 
And I realized that all of our struggles are the exact same. Yeah. Whether you're running a $500 billion enterprise um, or you're running your IV trip. And I compared all of their struggles with my struggle in surviving cystic fibrosis. Hmm. And people liked it. They bought it a lot on Amazon, and for yep. about two hours, it beat out Tim Ferriss. Um, his, I think it was Tools of the Titans. Okay. So nice. that's how it became a bestseller. Is uh, for two hours of my life, somebody liked me more than Tim Ferriss, and yeah. uh, it's pretty, pretty really? mind blowing actually to see all that come through. Yeah, that just shows you that you're on, on path to something. Because you mentioned something here in passing, which I kind of love, is that you were in the hospital. And, you know, anybody in the hospital will be feeling sad, you know, woe is me, I'm sick, blah, 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 I can't do anything. But even in that time, you know, with only four channels on, on cable TV, you were still able to be productive and to do something. You you took your mind out of your physical um, presence, so to speak, and decided to create and give back into the world instead of, of being in a situation where people would rather be looking for the world for people to pour back into them. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, really, like, don't get me wrong, I'm no angel. Like, there are days where it does kind of suck. Yeah. Like, my boyfriend and I have been together three years, and he's he's seen the days where I think it sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, like, <laughs> he knows on certain mood days I need flowers or it's not going to be happy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, Everybody has sucky days, yeah. but it's really ultimately at the end of it up to us how we want to wake up the next day. And mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of crying it out for a night, but just a night, like get over it, you know, like have all your emotion, have your pity party, do what you got to do yeah. and then wake up the next day prepared to crush it because you're going to be in the same place you are five years from now if you change nothing. Yeah, that's true. That is so, so true. So as we as we start to wind down the show, Kaylin, I have one or two wrapping up questions that I usually ask for you, but because it's you, I'm going to ask you, you know, to draw deep and kind of give us, you know, some of those stories. Like you said, you've already alluded to the fact that there are some sucky days. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, a very difficult time in your entrepreneurial journey and how you um, recovered from that. <sighs> I remember it was, gosh, let's just say a year ago, okay? Okay. Because I, I suck with tiny, tiny details. So we're just going to say a year ago. And I was driving to an entrepreneur's conference with my boyfriend. And he's got a successful company, right? Like, he's been in business 10 years. He's got a couple million in revenue. I think like $7 million in revenue. He is a powerhouse. He built it from nothing. And here I am peddling recruitment. <laughs> and trying all of what's true, like, hey, you know, peddling recruitment. I'm a, I'm a big town nobody. Mm. And um, we're not getting orders. Like, nobody wants us to recruit for them. Yeah. And I'm studying growth hacking. I'm studying automation. I'm learning accounting. Because, like, one thing I don't tell you about entrepreneurship is you have to learn everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my book sold, like, three copies that week. Like, just, we're talking, it's a disaster. And I lose here we go. I lose my shit. And I ugly cry like nobody's business. And like, this is the cry where mascara is running everywhere. I'm coughing because I can't control my emotions. And I'm going to go to business because I suck as an entrepreneur and I can't make a sale. And how can I ever have a business if I can't make a sale? And this just proves that I'm a failure, right? Because yeah. like, 
nobody in entrepreneurship ever makes a mistake and they can't, if I can't sell anything, I don't have a company. And if I don't have a company, then I don't have my livelihood. And I spent 10 years in this industry. So like, mm -hmm. what did I do the last 10 years? I obviously wasted my entire freaking life. Yeah. Like, why don't I just quit everything? You know what I mean? Like one of those downward spiral moments. Yeah. And I, what I wanted from him in that moment was for him to tell me I'm pretty and him to say, it'll all be okay. And for him to say, you know, if something bad happens, I'll take care of you forever. Right? Like, this This is what women want, by the way. So if you're a man listening, this is what your woman wants. <laughs> I'm, instead, I'm, I'm taking notes because I'm sure I'll probably mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, this guy, his name is Jeff Shelton, he, he looks at me, and mind you, snot is literally coming out of my nose right now, and I'm coughing because I have CF. And when you have CF, you can't have crying fits because you cough so much. And he laughs at me. He, he laughs. That's his reaction to like my breakdown about how I'm failing as an entrepreneur and I'm never going to have anything and I'm never going to be anything. My life is over. He laughs and he goes, honey, I go through this every three weeks. <laughs> and he goes, welcome to entrepreneurship. You either figure it out or you get a job working for someone else. Mm. He's like, I support whatever you want to do, but just be prepared for moments like this because they're never going to go away. Wow. Right? That's some powerful stuff right there. And uh, sure enough, we get back from the conference and we made a sale. So woo, I'm still in business. Super exciting. Um, but yeah, it's, that's, that's just what it's like. Mm, love that. Love that. Powerful stuff. And I guess my next question, because I just love the way you share that story, was, um, all right, when it comes to entrepreneurship, you know, the first thing we all know about and we all want to do is you know make that sale but sometimes a lot of people find it difficult just you know to get a stranger not like friends and family but a total stranger that is out there in the wild that wants your your service to give you that first dollar for example so you coming out of um, the recruitment industry also being an entrepreneur learning all the skills talk about how um, you would teach someone to make their first sale, for example, if they were an entrepreneur trying to sell whatever product or service they're trying to sell. Say that one more time to make sure I understand. You know, could you teach the listeners out there how to you know, make your first sale if you're a new entrepreneur trying to get whatever product or service you have out to the window for somebody that doesn't know you to buy from you. No, not friend, not family, but just somebody out there that you can find that will give you your first dollar to prove that, you know, you're in business. Get, give it away. I, and I hate that advice. I hate, I, I hate that advice. When I first started, I gave away thousands of dollars of potential revenue mm. in exchange for testimonials. Okay. If they were proud. And, you know, like people take stuff for free. They don't want to pay. If they don't know you, if they don't trust you, if they don't like you, yeah. they don't pay. And at least in my experience, and then mind you, I don't know what your business is. Um, people listening, I have no clue. You can reach out to me and tell me about it. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I don't, I gave away so much until people knew who I was. Mm. And then I started to monetize it. And it's tough being a giver, right? Like, I want to yeah. take things. I'm, I'm pretty aggressive. <laughs> um, I like all the Christmas gifts for me. Um, you know, you better believe I have a great birthday gift every year. Like, I'm a taker. I believe in that. Yeah. But I started giving away things that I could justify, like content or time or mm. advice 
or systems and processes or tips here and there in exchange for, you know, recommendations, testimonials, sharing it with their friends, liking a Facebook page, you know, trying to get social proof. And mm -hmm. if you have a great product or a great service and you give it away, people respond to that and they want to help their other, like they want to help their network receive the same service. Mm. Um, and so for me, that was, that was the tipping point mm. is I gave before I took. And I love that statement because it's, it's, it's kind of ties into the universal principle of the world where, you know, you have to sow the seed first and then you get the harvest. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no reward without, you know, that investment of either time, money, effort, blood, sweat, tears, whatever. So you giving your service in as much as it costs you to do that because you are not getting money, but it costs you time, it costs you your knowledge, it costs you your capital. You still shared whatever you had with people, and then as people started to pay you back in kind with testimonials and whatnot, your name got out there, and you started monetizing. Love. Yeah, and don't don't engage with internet trolls, guys. We're past that. Nobody's ever gonna say stuff nice to you all the time. Yeah. Um, I get a couple hate mails a day, and it's okay. Like, don't feed it. Just let them be miserable little people yeah. um, because people will be able to tell like if you're firing back at internet trolls versus creating more content to give. Mm -hmm. Your true colors show online very easily. Yeah. And, and I think somebody said somewhere that you're not really doing anything if you don't have a couple haters hating on you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Then I'm doing something. That's for sure. Good. So, Kaylin, I mean, we've reached the end of the show. Really want to thank you for coming. But before I let you go, where can people learn more about you, get the book, and also interact with you? Yeah, so interaction, seriously, LinkedIn. Um, it's linkedin.com backslash in backslash advance your career, or just spell my name correctly. There's only one of me in the world, so you'll find it. Um, and then the, the website for the book is Miss. M-I-S-S-K-L-Y-N.com. And then, of course, if you want to learn anything about recruiting, we've got landmarkmakers.com. So there's tons of ways. If you reach out enough, somebody will find uh, your info and you can, we'll, we'll, we'll respond to you. Don't worry. Mm, good. And I'll be sure to link to all those um, links and all those notes in the uh, show notes. So once again, Kaylin, it's a pleasure talking to you, my second guest of the new year. I want to wish you continued success. As you're starting out 2018 with a bang, and I hope to talk to you sometime down the road in the future to catch up on your next couple books. I'm in. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneurial Podcast at www.odogwu.com.